Welcome to the Drum History Podcast. I'm your host, Bart Vanderzee, and today I'm joined by Edith Habrecken in Basel, Switzerland. Edith, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. So, um, today's topic is something that, um, you know, to be perfectly honest, I, I there's a few of them that I feel like uh, I don't know a ton about. It's it's for someone like me to be interviewing an expert on this Um it's a little uncomfortable to be out of my my mm-hmm. you know comfort zone and talk about something I don't know about, but I think that's how you get better and how you learn things. So the topic of basel drumming, bassler drums is very foreign to me. Um, so I'm excited to learn about it from you. So uh, maybe start by explaining what it is and then um, tell us about the history of it. Yeah, okay. So the Basel drum, the drum style, uh, the Basel drum is a drum with snares. It's a military instrument. And all the drum styles, which are on the world, Scotland, America, Holland, if you want, Switzerland, France, of course. It's all military style, military drums. Hmm. And... Yeah, Basel drum is also a military drum. Gotcha. If you want to know about the history of Basel drumming, you have to know where is Switzerland in Europe. Switzerland is in the middle of Europe, and in Switzerland, in the northwest, is Basel. Through Basel flows the Rhine. Hmm. And I live near Basel, and if I... Uh, if I look in my uh, bathroom, I see the Rhine, which is Swiss. But if I look far away, I see on the left side France and on the right side Germany. Mm. And the Rhine is the middle. And Basel is a border town to three countries, uh, two countries, yeah, three countries, Switzerland, France, and Germany. And Napoleon when he lost his war, it was in Germany. All the French drummers and the military were in Germany. And then they had to go back to France. Hmm. Then they went over the river or they went, uh, they went to Basel. It was a town near yeah, that area. And then the drummers... Yeah, some drummers stayed in Basel or stayed in, in south of Basel in, in, in France. And there the Basel drumming is developed, was developed. Hmm. Interesting. That time. That is really Basel-like. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Yeah. Because um, if you imagine eh, how, how uh, that has gone, then um, after war, if you were a drummer at Napoleon's armies, then you have no work anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Then w- what are you doing? You can't go back to France. You can't go to Basel. You have to stay or you go back to France and you go back to the barracks. And then what are you doing there? I think hmm. uh, you, you play drums with your colleagues. And then uh, they play. They play together, and but there are no wars anymore. So they play something, 
and then they say, "Hey, um, look, I have some. I, I find something out. Do you want to try too?" Oh yes, it's good. Hmm. But I can I can play this very very fast. And you, so um, they had a conversation together. They find out the Basel drumming, and the retired people they went back to their family in the villages or wherever, and they liked drumming. So they learned the young people drumming, and that that's the development. Yeah. And what do they have to drum? Yeah, the military marches, the signals, and so. That's really similar to most styles of drumming, where starts military and then it gets, you know, handed down over time, and then fast forward, it people, you know. Switch it over into uh, you know the rudimental drumming, and then that turns into jazz drumming, and then rock drumming, and it just kind of keeps going down and down and down. Um, and I also think it's neat how you talked about the geography um, of how France, Switzerland, and Germany, how that played such a big part of it. Because that, again, I, as as a guy here in America, I'm going to relate it to like um, people in New Orleans with jazz, how it was kind of a bunch like a like a a big mixing of different cultures which led to new styles um but it's interesting how it has the the military um angle on it with this now how would you describe the style of of drumming because we um as we heard and i know you listened to it which i'm honored to have you listen to it um the episode that was uh pretty recently with josh Harmon about the history of french drumming where he talked about um Napoleon wanting very, you know, they wanted there to be very ornate playing. How would you describe this type of drumming, the Basel drumming? The traditional Basel drumming. Um, yes, it, ha it has a lot of elements. It's really very rich. And first, there are the figures. The Basel drumming has figures. You can't find them at the rest of the world. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the first uh, thing. Okay, and what does that mean? Can you explain that a little bit more for again a guy who's you know I'm a drum set rock drummer? Like, what does that mean? The yes, figures? I, I think I can explain that. If uh, every drummer knows a five stroke roll, mm -hmm. the Basel people play this five stroke roll, but they play a flam at the beginning. So the first beat is mm. a flam. Gotcha. And then they make uh, within this five-stroke roll a crescendo. So that's that's uh, one figure. And you don't find anywhere else a five-stroke roll with phlegm because it is so unpractical. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want to play that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but does that go back to what we found out in that French drumming episode about the when the music was written, it was just created to be very ornate and it was just very flowery, I think is how Josh put it in that previous episode um, of just that style in general was to just be, uh, you know, why not just go go above and beyond with the, the embellishments? Yes, exactly. And there are more figures like that. So um, the, uh, the whole Basel drumming is an ornamentation style. Nothing is normal. Nothing 
you, you can't find normal eight notes in basel drumming. They always ornament it with a flam or with a double. Hmm. And this double, it's very interesting. They play a left tap and a left flam, and then a right tap and a right flam. So you hear 16th, but uh, notation is in eighth notes. Hmm. And the left tap and left flam, and then right tap, light, uh, right flam, it's so unpractical too. If you want to, uh, to march with, a, with that strike, it's uh, difficult. Hmm. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a great figure. Yeah, that's interesting. And then, so you said it was basically taught, you would learn this style from um, the drummers who came before you. So it's been carried down uh, through, I guess it would be through tradition over all these these years, right? I mean, it would be one person going to the next, to the next. They would teach the younger drummers, and then obviously I'm sure things were written down over time. But um, that's I like when that happens, when it's it's... It's so powerful and so traditional that that it's uh, it's taught through many generations. Yes, and it grew up. So it began somewhere, and more and more uh, continued and new strokes, new figures. Hmm. Yeah, from generation to generation. Yes, absolutely. Now, um, why don't we talk a little bit about the construction of the drum, if that's uh, okay? Because obviously it would be rope tension then. Um, So who would be making these drums? I can imagine it were uh, wood makers. Yeah. Wood workers. Sure. Uh, As far as drum heads go, I assume it would be just they would do the same thing with, uh, you know, calf and goat and people who had... um, you know, livestock and would say, now we need drum heads. I guess that would probably be a similar thing there as well. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> With the perkament. The perkament yep. is also calf. Hmm. Or co or whatever. Interesting. Um, but modern days, so we can kind of talk about then and now, because uh, cause in those days they were actually typically, I mean, these were... Um, they were used in the military. I mean, they were military drums, so I'm sure it was created. But at, at at what point? So was there a point in history where, kind of like with with in America, um, there's marching, there's fife and drum, there's be- like there's marching drummers where it really hasn't been used by the military or in war in quite some time. I think since for us it would be like the Civil War um, in the late 18. 18- you know, mid late 1800s, was there a point where in, 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 you know, European history where these drummers became completely out of date? Because I imagine it would go further than Napoleon. Like it would probably last, you know, a while longer that these were, there were really drummers in the military who were signaling and things like that. Um, when did that really, do you know when that actually really stopped and it became it became more a uh, a tradition thing and for show it was it was less practical and used in the military do you know when that would have been uh after 1820 okay and then what was that what was the what was in 1820 i should probably know this but uh about 1818 napoleon lost the war okay 
And after that, Europe was reorganized and you find the countries, you find them today. That was the beginning. And yeah, then, then, um, at 1850 and, and, and farther. So until 1900, um, um, clubs started clubs and associations and mm. so on. Okay. And all these clubs had drummers. And that was the point from um, uh, the change from military to the population. Got it. So if you had um, a gymnastic club, they had a group of drummers who belongs to them. That's interesting. And, and they, what do you yeah. mean? Like a gymnastics, like explain that a little bit. Because for me, when I think gymnastics, I think like, Moving your body like like uh, yeah. j- jumps and things. Okay, so we're talking about yes, the same, yes, yes. The same thing. The I was same, like, yeah. how does a drum? I mean, how does a drummer work with that? Yeah, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> 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 they had it. That's funny. Yeah, that's really funny. Also, orchestra, symphony orchestras. They had a group of drummers. Okay, sure. I, I think they needed that to identify identify themselves. Okay. Meaning that, like, they would each have their own sound for this group. Like, they would have their own, you know, drummer who would identify, you know, group one versus yeah. group two. Uh, that was a, bit, a little bit early. I think that is later on. Okay, I see. After 1900. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, and I, I, I obviously don't know. My, my European history needs a little um, brushing up. But um, I appreciate you uh, walking me through all of this, <laughs> you know. Yes, but I understand you. Yeah. I wrote my book about the Basel drumming and I had to go in this history, sure. in this war history and Napoleon and so on. So it is like you said before, you learn with the things you do. All right. Now let's fast forward then a little bit and and get to more. You said kind of into the 1900s. It it became more similar in America and I'm sure around other countries with the tattoos and stuff. It became more uh, for show, obviously. They're not using it in the battlefield because that just became, obviously, warfare became much, much, much more uh, advanced than it, what it was with with drummers on the field and signaling things. So um, so throughout the 1900s, then what was going on with this this art form of of uh, basil drumming? Um, so in Basel and area, you had a lot of drummers who loved drumming and who loved it to teach it to uh, repair drums, and then there was. Uh, the beginning of a club in Basel and that uh, was one club and uh, they they had a discussion big stuff together and then they half of them they had problems, social problems gotcha yeah there was one club and it was very nice but um um, they 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 didn't like each other anymore. Hmm. There were problems with uh, with drumming and with uh, interpretation and I don't know whatever. Yeah, they had social problems. So half of them uh, started a new group. Then there were two groups, 
And then um, actually, and so on, there were two groups, but the second group um, also uh, split into in two. So you had three clubs and the first club split into two and so grow, grew. Um, you, you got a lot of clubs in hmm. Basel. Interesting. So that's, you're sort of answering something that I'm thinking too of like, I mean, so Basel, drumming is very important there. I mean, oh, and, yes. And, and, and Basel drumming is only, this sounds so stupid because I'm sure the answer is yes, but Basel <laughs> drumming is only in Basel, Switzerland, right? Like, it, yes. It, so the style, because I think I was confused early on with thinking it was a more of a style of drumming that could be done. Like, if I play thousands of miles away from you, am I playing Basel drumming or am I, you know what I mean? Like, or do you, is this really, you have to be in, the town of Basel, and does that make sense? Like, is, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, this is exactly what you say. So the Basel drumming is not Swiss drumming. It's not from the country. It's really from Basel. And if you want to learn Basel drumming, you have to come to Basel, and that is so special. That's the reason why I emigrated to Basel hmm. because of the drumming. I yeah. wanted to learn that and I thought I saw here I saw the drumming is not only drumming there is more behind it and I want to learn that I want to know that what it is and then I saw the carnival then I joined I I got the cho- um the opportunity to to play with them at the carnival and at the carnival I thought uh, this is only three three days and three nights. That is not possible. Um, it must be more behind it. I want to be a year mm. in Basel. And then, uh, yeah, I worked uh, a year at the drummer's fabric, the drum maker. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's why I live in Basel, because of the drumming. It is so special, Bart. Mm. Wow. It's unbelievable. And... Basel has 180 inhabitants and one person is playing drums or has played the drum or whatever. And they know what is drumming. Hmm. They know the Basel drumming. They walk behind the groups and they know what they are doing. Wow. Incredible. So I come from Holland and if I play the drums in Holland, they say, ah, yeah, nice. Very good. (laughs) But here, they know what you are doing. Interesting. They can say uh, the first part was, the first part was uh, very complicated, and the last part was very sweet hmm. or virtuous or whatever, and they have a meaning about it. Wow, man! I Every don't think man- uh, there's not many places in the world that are like that, where it's like such a drum. It almost seems like there's certain cultures in in um and I've never been to Africa, but where drumming is as important in like you see videos or read about like certain tribes where where drumming is at the core or Native American here there's yeah. where drumming is at the core of it. It's more than just an instrument. It's it's um yeah. that's so cool. I mean, does this in 
Basil, does does drumming is it taught in school for for children pretty young? Like in as as you know, kids would play soccer and other things, which I'm sure they do there as well. But is it a pretty important part of the s- school system? No, no, actually not. Hmm. Interesting. But Basel is a mecca for drummers. That's awesome. That's so cool. If you all right, so paint us a picture. Like if you're walking down the street, are there people walking around with drums on a regular basis? Do you hear drums kind of playing throughout the day? Like people practicing? Are there a lot of music? Are there a lot of drum stores and manufacturers there? Yes, yes. Mm, Exactly how you say it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really exciting. When I was working at a drum fabric with a drum maker, then um, once the postman came, he brought the post, and then he bought two pair of sticks. <laughs> so the postman is a drummer. It's, it seems like yes. everyone's a drummer. <laughs> or another anecdote. Uh, I was at the dentist, and we, we, we talked a little bit. And um, at the end of the history, I sold him my drum and he <laughs> made, he repaired my tooth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So drumming is like a currency. You can uh, <laughs> trade drums. Yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Dream Symbols. Dream Symbols is continuing the tasting tour 2021 with a couple new dates I wanted to let you guys know about. Saturday and Sunday, November 20th and 21st, they'll be at Earthshaking Music in Atlanta, Georgia. And Saturday, November 27th, they'll be at Portman's Music Superstore in Savannah, Georgia. If you haven't heard, they're going to have a lot of cool symbols in store. They're going to have a member of the Dream Team on site, and they'll be doing the recycling program. So if you're in Atlanta or Savannah on those dates, go check it out. This episode is brought to you by Forks Drum Closet, Nashville's full-line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They also offer professional rental, repair and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street, Nashville, Tennessee. Call 615-383-8343 or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. So are there like drum set players around there or is it very much a traditional, you know, rope tension, basel, bassler drum? Um, Or do you find people sitting there with a bass drum, a snare a tom and a floor tom and cymbals, or is that not as common there? Uh, you find, of course, there are there are uh, drummers, mm-hmm. and drum set players, of course, but that is normal. It's not special. Special are the Basel drummers, which are who are around. Got it. Mm. You see them, you feel them, and the drummers, yeah. Some uh, drum set players can also play the Basel drum. And some Basel drummers um, play play drum set too. Gotcha. It's all possible. Yeah, that's interesting though, because it's, uh, you know, it it seems like the, the Basel drummers though are the, not that the drum set players aren't, but it's, they're like very much, uh, uh, they love the tradition. 
right? Like such as yourself very much enjoys the, the, the traditional background of it all. Um, are there still clubs and groups, like you said, of different groups of, of drummers who work together? What would be some of the, some of the names of them? There are a lot of clubs and the names of them are mostly in dialect. Okay. So I can tell Augfresner, it's my club, Narabasi, Junterösli, Fluderi, Wettsteiglicke. Hmm. Got a beautiful accent. I don't understand <laughs> any of them. But <laughs> 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 so, all right, why don't you run us through a little bit about what it entails how to get into a club? Do you have to audition? What it's like? Do you guys get together, you know, every week? Um, tell us about the club, what it's, how, how that all works. Okay. So, um, children who wants to join a clique, they are perhaps eight years old. Then they know somebody of that club or they know it because of an advertisement. And then they join the club and they decide uh, if they want to play drum or piccolo, the uh, pipe. And if they want to drum then or uh, piccolo, they have lessons once a week. Then they learn it in a group. In the second year, they are in the next group. And after three years, you can join the club at the carnival on the street. Hmm. That's great. Wow. And then as, as an adult, you know, doing this, a as professional drummer, what, what does that entail? How often do you guys get together? And is it, is it kind of a social thing as well? Yes, it's a very social thing. But as an adult, um, it's not the same. As an adult, you join a drum school. There are several drum schools, and then you learn Basel drumming there, and then you join a clique. Cool. Sounds fun. Um, do you get many adults who didn't, who, who are drummers, let's say, but do you get many uh, adults who want to come in and learn this style and join a club if they, or does it typically start as a child? Yeah, typically, typically start as a child. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm out of luck. <laughs> don't yeah. move to, don't move to, uh, Basel is what you're telling me. I guess you got to start young and we'll, we'll talk about your background here in a little bit. Cause I want to learn more about how you, you obviously mm -hmm. are, you know, quite the prolific drummer as well. But, um, so can, can you, before we do that, can you explain, because, um, I think there might be, I don't want to say confusion, but like, what's the difference between a Bassler drum and Basel drum? Is there any? Basler, that is German. That's the German language. Okay. Or Swiss German language. No, uh -huh. no, no, German, Swiss German. Got it. Um, yeah. And Basel drum, it's easier to pronounce for the English speaking people. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And for, for me, it's easier too. Basel drum. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely easier. Well, that's a simple answer to that. Um, Modern days, if people come to Basel, what are the drums like? Your personal drum um, must be very special to you, right? Like, I'm assuming you have some, you know, one or many of these uh, Basel or Bassler drums. Um, what is your collection of these drums like? I have 40 drums. 
That's awesome. What are they made of? I mean, are they typically wood? Are they typically metal? Are they all rope tension? They are very different, but it has to do with that, that I also play on stage with my drums. Yep. All these 40 drums are my personal drums. Yeah. But um, my concert drum, which I used a lot, was was a golden drum. Mm. Of course, not real gold. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my golden drum, and I, yeah, it's a very beautiful drum. And the calfskin is still on it. Hmm. Wow. What year is it? When was it made? Do you know? I think 1998. Okay. Wow. Okay. So from what I've seen online, there's a museum of um, basal drumming. Um, are there many examples of the original early, you know, you know, 100 plus year old drums, 200 um, year old drums? Are there a lot of them still in existence? Uh, that can be seen and do people still use any of them or are people typically using you know more modern uh yeah modern drums okay yeah and from what i've seen online you can you can get them uh i believe i saw some that were being made with like carbon fiber (laughs) and there's aluminum have you ever used the carbon fiber i feel like that's not as traditional as a wood drum (laughs) but no no because i don't like a light drum Really? I want to have weights on my body. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because you can feel yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what would you say is the biggest event? There, there is, I, I'm pretty sure there's a big one that happens at least once a year. What is the biggest event that happens? Um, and why don't you tell us about that a little bit more? I think you touched on it before with the three-day event, but um, when is it? Because some people may live close enough that they want to come and, and visit it, but uh, what is the the big big event for um, basal drumming? That is the big event. These uh, three days at nights. What's it called? Fastnacht. Okay. So it's um, it's in the winter, in February or March, and uh, you also have it in the, in the states. To try the 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 winter out, to get the winter out, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, this celebration is also in in Basel, and that has um, a very very traditional way of going through these three days at night. So it begins on Monday at four o'clock in the morning. And the whole town um, begins with the same march. Hmm. All these cl- all these clubs with the same march, and they walk through the darkness, and all the lights are going out. So it's really dark in town, and all the clubs have uh, smaller turns on their heads, and one very big turn with them. Hmm. Gotcha. That are the lights, and these turns. Um, uh, it's, it's like an art how it's um, painted yeah the, the masks are yes and they have masks and costume everyone who's listening should just google uh, if, if you google you know for an American listener or whatever carnival of basel b-a-s-e-l you'll see these masks that are um, I guess it would be comparable 
kind of like Mardi Gras, but not really. Yes, There's, Mardi Gras. Yeah, but this is even, yeah. I mean, this is like, these are, <laughs> some of them are kind of scary looking. I mean, they're yeah, extreme. Yeah. I mean, this is unbelievable. What a huge production. I'm sure it's amazing to be there. It's really amazing. You really have to come to see it. That yeah. You will, you will not believe it. Wow. When, when is it typically during the year? It's every year at another uh, time. Okay. Just towards the end of the winter. I will. Yes. So I send, I will send it to you. Yeah, please do. And I'll share it in case, you know, someone's geographically close enough. And if, you know, because of current, current COVID things, we can make it, <laughs> people can, can go there. But, um, was it affected? Did it happen in 2020? No, no. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, it was awful, terrible, horrible. It was uh, two, three days before the carnival was beginning. We heard that uh, it will not uh, go on. Wow, that's tough. I'm yeah, sure people, that was really hard. I bet people prepare for this the entire year. I mean, yes. these masks and it's just a man. Yeah. And for the Latern, you pay $4,000. Oh, wow. For a club with only, yeah, population who pays it. Jeez, that's a hit. It's I, really tough, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that $4,000, they get to use the same one that, that rolls over to next year. I would I would hope that it happens this year in a couple of months. Um, yeah, we think so. Yeah, wow. What about drumsticks? What type of sticks are typically being used um why don't you talk a little bit about yeah. drumsticks the the sticks in basel are very thick and the weight of the sticks are about uh 70 gram mm. i don't know how that is in uh, american sizes sure. yeah um then the uh the tip of it is around hmm. that is very special that this is around they are quite short Really? Why is that? Why would they be shorter than usual marching sticks? I think because of the ornamentation style. You have to be um, uh, fast. You have to play fast and uh, piano. And you also have to play very loud. So the dynamics are very extreme. And then you need the round bound, the round tip to get a volume, get to get an, a sound. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And the drum, the, the drum of Basel is also very interesting because it's not a military drum. The military drums are smaller, um, a little bit bigger as a snare drum. And the Basel drum is much bigger. Hmm. That is interesting. Is that because obviously military drums served a purpose as being on the battlefield and being smaller and you know you're moving around with it whereas the basil drum yeah. is more for uh performance where it's bigger and uh doesn't it you're not running around on a battlefield with it i think it's the point from the change from military to the population got it yeah that mm. they that they say yes uh, now we we want something else we want another drum we want our own drum yeah yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's the way. And um, the, the tempo of the Basel drum, Basel drumming, is very low. It is 80 beats, 80 till 90 beats in a minute. 
instead of 120. Hmm, that is slow. And one reason for that is the drum, because you can't really march with such a big drum. Then you have a costume and you have a mask. Hmm. Then you have um, three days and nights you have to drum. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Wow. And in the breaks, you drink a little bit alcohol. Of course, yeah. You don't sleep enough. So <laughs> that are all reasons why the tempo of the Basel drumming is very low. Hmm. Interesting. It's practical. It's like a, you know, there's a reason. It's because you're going to drink and you're not going to sleep and you're going to have a gi big giant mask on. And um, that makes perfect sense. Now, yeah. outside of that, the big carnival, the big festival throughout, throughout the year, I imagine there's performances that happen outside of that, correct? Yes, yes, you are right. Yeah, there are a lot of concerts before the carnival. Hmm. And at these concerts, um, the, the, the level of the Basel drumming is really high. The most virtuous drummers play, the most virtuous clubs play. Clubs can prepare them very exactly for the perfect performance on stage. Yeah, I'm sure it's... Uh, do you get... If you're not up to snuff or you're not practicing, if you're not doing as good of a job as you can, can you be cut from a group? Can you be asked to leave or, does that ever, or do people just not do that? <laughs> that can happen, yes, but um, it's of course it's that's a social problem and it's very <laughs> difficult. Yeah, <of> course. <laughs> because perhaps one drummer who doesn't play very well uh, is painting the latern. Sure. So he's important for the club. So they can't can't uh, throw him out. Hmm. Oh man, that's awesome. Well. I think I have a much better understanding about all this. And I think hopefully the listeners have, you know, had a peek into this, this different, which I, I think is pretty different from um, the way it is around here with how important and impactful. And I think there's a lot of marching drummers who obviously, you know, rudimental yeah, drumming yeah. and marching is their life, but uh, maybe they should come to Basel and, uh, and perform. And do you ever get people who, who join these groups who are not, uh, are there, have you ever come across an American person who has made it into one of these groups and lives there? Does that ever happen? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, th there are foreign people who, who knows it, most professional drummers who knows it. And, uh, if they really, really like it, they join a group. Yeah, that makes sense. But you don't have to join a group to join the carnival. Mm. You can also come to the carnival and uh, yeah, you have to wear a mask and a costume and you have to have a drum and then you play. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like such a good time. I'll find some videos online and share them on uh, social media of um, some performances and some of the masks and things when this, when your episode comes out and I think people will enjoy it. But uh all right, so as we kind of wrap up the episode here, why don't we talk a little bit about you and your background and, you know, things you're, you've done and are doing and where people can find out more about you. So um, 
Yeah, if people aren't familiar with your background, tell us about you. About me? Oh, that's the most difficult thing. <laughs> I'm born in, in Holland. And when I was eight years old, I started to play drums in the little village where I lived. And I was very, yeah, interesting in drumming. And when I was 18, I studied classical percussion in Amsterdam. And there I met the Basel drumming. They didn't know what it was. And then I was looking for contact with Basel and my wish to go to Basel grew. Now I'm a professional drummer, marimba player. Uh, I love playing performances. I give concerts, but but um, actually more performances. I love mm -hmm. that. Uh, with percussion, drums, marimba. I have a percussion school, a marimba and percussion school. Uh, with 100 pupils. Wow. Yeah. 25 years next year. Wow. Oh my gosh. Congrats. That's... um. That's pretty unbelievable. And I think from doing a lot of these interviews and talking with a lot of people, I'm, it's also a very male heavy, uh, you know, instrument. And I think it's very cool that you are, uh, you're, you know, doing a lot as a female drummer, you stick out in the, um, and, and, and are kind of representing very well for other female drummers, which I think is important because people need to see, uh, other people like them to know that they can do it you know <laughs> thank you yeah absolutely do you have a lot of other female drummers in your school or uh is it is it a lot of young young men a lot of young men sure yeah i think we have uh about 10 15 girls okay but perhaps it depends on me <laughs> perhaps i'm more a, a boys teacher <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> drums in general, I do see it changing though. And I, I mean, I think there's a lot of, uh, it's, it is good to be inclusive and have, have men and women and anyone who wants to play of, uh, you know, all different cultures and stuff like that. So, wow. Congrats on 25 years. That's, that's a long time for, for any business, uh, to, yes. to be running. And when you can find me is on the website, edithabraken.ch or, uh, my school, it is S-M-E-H dot C-H. Okay. And I'll share the, I'll put those in the description so people can, um, can find it. And, and Edith's, Edith's last name is spelled H-A-B-R-A-K-E-N, uh, for easy access to finding her. And the, the school again was, uh, S-M-E-H dot C-H, um, and you yourself, your website, I'll say, is H-A-B-R-A-K-E-N dot C-H. Um, yes. And, uh, man, this is just such a good... I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to finally get you on the show because we've been talking for... I don't know how long. It's been a long time, but um, I, I should have done this earlier. I want to give a thank you to Frank Denage um, for connecting us. Uh, he's in the Netherlands, and he sent me a message uh, in 2020 at some point and just, uh, kind of made me aware of you and how great you are. Um, so thank you to Frank for connecting us. And, uh, again, Edith, thank you for doing this. This has just been awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bart. It was really great to be in your show. 
And I hope you learned something about uh, the Basel drumming. Yeah, I learned a ton. And I just think again, and, and you sent me a picture of your setup on your, your you've got a very nice, uh, you're in your living room and it's it's pretty late. It's it's 11 o'clock at night now that we're wrapping up the interview here. So I thank you. You've, again, I thank you for taking the time to do it. Um, and Edith and I are going to be doing a bonus episode here shortly that you can check out um, if you go to drumhistorypodcast.com and there's a little red button at the top that says become a patron, um, which will take you to Patreon, a couple bucks a month, and you can get all these bonus episodes. So, Edith, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Yeah, thank you, Bart. You're welcome. If you like this podcast, find me on social media at Drum History and please share, rate, and leave a review. And let me know topics that you would like to learn about in the future. Until next time, keep on learning.